The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we are back here live in Lake Placid, New York at the Olympic Training Center, and I have a special guest with us today. This is Lauren Gibbs, and she is part of the U.S. Women's Bobsled Team. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. This is so incredible. We are featuring athletes, as I promised you, all year long, and we are introducing you to these athletes one at a time so you get to know what it's like to be inside the mind of an Olympic athlete and what drives people to endeavor something so incredible as this. So I wanted to ask you now, first of all, people don't realize, I don't think, that athletes at your level, most of you actually have a college degree and an extensive education in addition to doing this. So tell us a little bit about your background and your education. Sure. So first I just wanted to correct one thing. Uh, Technically I'm an Olympic hopeful uh, because I haven't been to the Olympics yet. So 2018 will be my first attempt. Um, I, you know, I'm 32 years old and this this will be my third season. So I started at 30 years old, a little different than most athletes. So I did undergrown at Brown University, played volleyball there, and I got my business BA there. And then uh, years later, did my executive MBA at Pepperdine, and was working in corporate America, and kind of got to where I wanted to be business-wise, uh, you know, salary-wise, and lifestyle-wise, and was bored. And so a good friend of mine, told me about the bobsled team and I thought she was completely crazy uh, but I figured I'd, I'd give it a try and, and do the combine testing just to you know have a good story to tell people and and then move on uh, and then it just kind of escalated from there. What did you hope it would do actually or lead to? Did you really think that you'd do this? I, I didn't think it would lead to anything honestly. I'd never I'd, I was living in Denver at the time and I'd never seen the Olympic Training Center in the Springs and so I thought hey I'll tour the facility and then I scored high enough to be invited to Lake Placid for a rookie push champs uh, or push camp, and I thought, oh, that's going to be even better story. Uh, a week at the Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid, <laughs> free food, you know, is, it always gets me. And it was a, w- a week away from work, um, and I have been, I you know, I, I'm definitely not a, a natural when it comes to pushing a bobsled. I'm not the most of coordinated athletes on the team, but you so have it's, power. But it's yeah, I definitely have some power. So it's um, it's been a it's been an interesting learning curve. What have you learned the most over this course of time that you've been in this? That sprinting in a straight line is really really hard. <laughs> like just just <laughs> sprinting, just basic running and sprinting is is difficult. And when done improperly, you can 
seriously injure yourself. Um, and anything that you want to do at a high level takes a lot of time and a lot of patience. I would think with your, your educational background, that must seem easy now by comparison to this because you're trying to shave off a second, a tenth of a second, mm-hmm. a hundredth of a second, whatever, and, and it takes so much precision, so much time in. Yeah, I mean, getting your, getting your body to do something that is just unnatural for it is definitely a challenge. And, you know, volleyball is great for power, but it doesn't really do much for speed. And then before then, after volleyball, I was crossfitting. And so crossfitting, again, is great for power, but not necessarily for speed. You know, crossfit workouts are a little bit longer for the most part. So it's it's learning a whole new way of training. And I'm the type of person that just likes to destroy their body when they work out. And that's not really optimal for performing um, Are you inflamed after that? Do you notice great inflammation or I mean you're young still so you can handle that and turn it over but that might be part of the I get I get I get tight a lot like there's a lot of tightness going on I I have a lot of muscle and it just likes to lock up on me (laughs) so I want to know what you do squat now um (laughs) so I haven't maxed a squat in a long time my last max was 375 pounds we just did the combine and the max score for a three rep squat was 130 kilos which i think is 286 pounds which isn't much for me or most of my teammates so yeah. and do you also do leg press i mean what's a typical workout for you in preparation for this no leg press uh it's usually some sort of a squat um some sort of an olympic movement so olympic uh, lifting movement so like a hang clean or a hang snatch and then some sort of hamstring work so eccentric loading of the hamstring uh, and I have huge quads but never really needed to use my hamstrings so trying to build that base and then you know on on cardio days we'll do sprints and then pushing out on the push track does working on your hamstring now shift your balance in in the takeoff uh I don't know not that I've noticed I think that the thing that's shifted my balance the most uh taking off is just being more comfortable in my body in that position so being able to kind of take in what my body is doing while it's executing a, a specific movement has been has been the most helpful I think. can you adjust in that split second can you feel that adjustment are you able to correct it or does it have to follow through in one momentum um like let's say i'm pushing a sled and you know i it comes out faster or at a different angle than expe- expected then yeah i mean cat-like reflexes kick in because if you don't adjust you you fall flat on your face and there's been a couple times where I've been dragged by the push track you can see that on my Instagram (laughs) but uh yeah for the most part I think instincts kick in and and you know we're all athletic so um you know the body kind of protects itself I think that's so cool this is amazing thank (laughs) you this is really really fun to do because Mm -hmm. people you know can benefit from how you you view what you do what is the thing that keeps you most disciplined? How do you discipline? Uh, I think that I know that my time as an athlete is limited. You know, when I graduated from college, um, I didn't see the ability to go and pursue volleyball any further than what I had already done. And to be honest, I, I don't think I was in the right mindset to do so. I was just so over having to go to practice and having to train and missing out on things when my other friends, you know, who didn't play sports got to do whatever they wanted. And I think anytime you have a goal, there's, there's, a, there's a certain amount of sacrifice that you kind of just have to go with. Um, so I think this sport came to me in a time in my life when I never thought 
I would compete at this level ever again. And I'd never really heard of bobsled, you know, other than the movie. And <laughs> this is like the story, the perpetual story. Right. Right? And my friend who my friend who told me about it had um, done a season of rugby with Alana Myers Taylor, and, and my friend Jill Potter just got back from Rio uh, playing rugby for the uh, inaugural sevens rugby series in the Olympics. And so I, I think it's pretty easy for me to stay motivated because I know it's at stake and I know one, not very many people get this opportunity. And I also know that it's a lot more fun and a lot more rewarding than what I was doing before working in corporate America. And I think it's helped me realize that, you know, there are different ways to be successful and there are different avenues that you can take um, when, when it comes to work or sports or whatever it may be that works better for what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, I, it seems to me that you have, like you said, a limited time, and within that time you have to excel, but the irony is you have to let go into focus. Right. And so how do you stay focused besides that? Do you do exercises or visualization? Do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Is there something that you incorporate? Or is it just your disciplined mind? Uh, bobsled just consumes all of my thoughts. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up. It's the last thing I think about when I go to bed. I train full time. So other than sponsorships or you know whatever stipend I've qualified for, I don't really do anything outside of training and recovering. Um, so it, 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 it makes it pretty easy. If you're in the right environment and you're around the right people and your goal is clear, um, then, I mean, I, I don't know how I could, you know, really talk about the goals that I have and strive for the goals that I have without being focused. It just, it wouldn't work. Like bobsled's one of the most humbling sports that you'll ever find. Why is that? Because the second you think you got it, you don't. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's there's it's a, there's a lot of complexities. You're moving something that's really heavy. You're moving it on ice. You're putting your body in positions that it's that are uncommon and are unnatural. And then you're having to time yourself and your actions with another person. And so, you know, one quick slip, you're running on ice. You know, you can. It, it's pretty easy to, to slip. So, Have you had a few crashes along the way? Yeah, my first, my rookie season we had a few crashes, and I, I'm actually glad we got those out of the way because now I know what it's like to crash in a bobsled. It's not the most fun, but I've also been very fortunate to slide with very uh, skilled pilots who work really hard at their craft and have been doing it for a long time, and they want to crash just as little as you want to crash. So, um, you know, it is, it's just part of the sport. Are you afraid of it? Have you ever been afraid of it? Oh yeah, my first season I was terrified of it. It was like every every, you know, skid that felt different or every tap that felt different. I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is it." And so when it finally happened, it was very disorienting and you know, got through it and then we crashed a couple more times that season and last season we didn't crash at all and this season we might crash some and, you know, when you come out of something like that and you stand up and you shake off a little bit, how do you then go back into it and sort of erase that and replace that? Um, I don't necessarily think you have to erase it. You just have to say, you know, this is part of the sport. And if you want to continue doing the sport, it's something that you kind of you you sign up for. It. Yeah, you accept it. And mm -hmm. I think the best thing to do is to get back in the sled immediately if you can. You know, it's 
I think it's always better to crash on the first run and be able to do another run because you crash on the second one you have to wait till the next day because we only get two runs a day in a training day on the track. Um, because it's hard to perfect something so precise. Yeah, and, I mean, essentially, I will work for four years, and if I am fortunate enough to be elected or selected to the Olympic team, it'll be four years of work for 20 seconds of performance because the, the run takes about a minute, but the push takes about five seconds. So, yeah, it's in that. And so when you think of it that way, it's pretty easy to stay focused because you know, you want to maximize those five seconds, yeah. those 10 seconds or those 20 seconds. What's the greatest reward for you in this besides, say, gold? Um, I think it's just, it's fun to do something that most people will never get to experience. And then there's always the pride of having USA on your back and doing your best to represent your country and your family and your friends and just show the world what, you know, what you're about. So... And that opportunity. It seems to me that you guys switch up your teams periodically. Is that true, or do you stick with someone through a season? And and how do you bond with that person to be one in the yeah, side? Yeah, on, on the women's side, there's a lot of moving parts and switching of partners um, to get the perfect combination. But, you know, we spend a lot of time together because there's more than just sliding. So there's moving the sleds to the in and out of the truck, in and out of the garage. There's sanding runners. There's flipping the sled. There's there's a whole laundry list. You do list. it all yourself. Yeah, there's a laundry list of activities that go into bobsled that people will never see or understand. It's a very blue-collar sport. We do a lot of it on our own. Um, so, you know, you can't you can't do it by yourself, so you have to rely on others. We'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're live right here in Lake Placid at the Olympic Training Center with Lauren Gibbs. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet. People often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the Elephant Care Center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series live from Brazil, where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Voice America. 
Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back live in Lake Placid at the Olympic Training Center. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're here with Lauren Gibbs, and she is a hopeful in the U.S. Olympic women's bobsled team, and she's amazing. She's a, a athlete at the top level. She is committed to her sport, heart and soul, and most importantly, she's dedicated to the cause for the Olympic team all in one. So we were talking before the break about sliding and partnership and being one with your partner walk us through what it's like to go down this this ice tube (laughs) so every track is a little bit different i think that's one of the biggest questions we get you know is every track the same and every every track is usually about a mile long um but the the direction that the direction that the curves go and the geometry of each corner is going to be a little different per track so in lake placid Um, We're lucky to train on this track because it's known as one of the most difficult or technical tracks in the world. So I think our pilots having this as their home track is definitely an advantage. And so people always ask, what is it like to go down in a bobsled? And I've heard it described a number of ways. You know, it's like being kicked off a cliff in a trash can. Um, For me, I feel like it's like really bad turbulence. Some people describe it as like, you know, if you were to be thrown in the back of an SUV blindfolded and then like taken to a random location kind of like that so you know as you get more comfortable sliding you start to learn like curve one goes this way curve two goes that way so you kind of know what to expect but when you don't know anything about the track and it's your first time going down it's very loud it's very disorienting you're like you're not sure how much time is left because you don't know where you are on the track and you know it's not a smooth ride at all and the the bobsled's that we have uh, for the national team are, are made by BMW and they're great, but it's basically a shell so that you're kind of being bounced around in. So it's nothing like a water slide. It's nothing like a roller coaster. It's just like nothing you've ever experienced, but you're just kind of getting knocked around back and forth. Tell us what you feel from the moment that you start and they, you know, it goes, go. And then what happens in you? What are you thinking? What do you feel? What are you um, working on? When I'm, when I'm pushing the sled, like the, the things that I'm thinking about is just executing what I know I need to get done. And then once we're up and running, it's, you know, running really hard until my pilot loads and then making sure once she loads that my last few steps before I enter the sled are powerful and straight because um, how I get into the sled can have a big impact on the rest of the trip. They always say you can't win the win the race at the start but you can definitely lose it so if I jump in sideways or crooked then you know it can send the sled into a skid if I uh, pull back on the sled it's going to decelerate the sled and impact negatively impact the velocity so I'm really just trying to you know do what I do in practice and be consistent every time with with how I load and then once I'm in the sled it's like okay Whatever the time was, the time was. Now it's the driver's show, and my job is to get low and stay still and be as aerodynamic as possible. And once you've done that, do you know from the moment you jump in 
how that was executed? I mean, can you tell immediately? Sometimes I'm like, okay, that was great. Sometimes I'm like, oh, that was terrible. And then sometimes I, usually I have no clue until you see the time because it could feel like it was really fast and it could be dirt slow and vice versa. So how fast is it technically right from the go? Um, I'm not sure. You know, I know peak speeds range anywhere from 75 miles an hour to 95 miles an hour. We're, def we're definitely not running that fast, so it's probably closer to 20, I would, I would assume. Uh, but it really depends on the track, how fast we go. And How many seconds do you have before you drop, before you start really accelerating? I mean, we are running downhill, so you're dropping immediately. The first few corners on most tracks kind of feel a little bit slower. Uh, Whistler, which is in Canada, that one you're you're bobsledding from curve one, like you're moving from curve one. So, I, I would imagine it's it's a little daunting to make sure you're you don't slide in running on it and going forward. Yeah, you not. know, a lot of adrenaline is is kicking in at that point because you're standing at the top of an ice mountain, staring straight down into a corner, getting ready to chase or push this this like carbon fiber objects. So. Is it padded on the inside? <laughs> yeah, there's there's a bit of padding. There's yeah. a bit of padding in some select places just because, you know, the, the pressure of our bodies rest in certain spots, and if they're metal, they can cause, like, pressure bruises. Right. So it's just not optimal for performance. And so how do you get a sled that you keep throughout the season, for example? Well, I'm a brakeman, so I'm in the back. So the sleds are allocated to the drivers, and that's based on their rank. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, who out there is your biggest competition right now? Uh, you know, Canada is always a, a top contender. They've placed in, in the top spot for the last two Winter Olympics. The Germans, you know, because Germany is all about bobsledding, they have a good percentage of the tracks that we race on. So I would say those two are our top competitors. What's your favorite mountain? My, like my favorite bobsled track? Yeah. I mean, I love Lake Placid because it's home. And we know the track crew, and we know, you know, all the people in the town. And But I really love, I mean, there's a lot of them. I love Kuningsee, Germany. Um, there's these curves called the S-curves, and those are, I think those curves feel like the closest that you're going to feel to, like, kind of like a water slide. And then I love St. Moritz because it's beautiful. It's Switzerland. It's the only natural track that's made from hand every year. Um, I love Sochi because it's the best warm-up facility because it's the newest track on tour, and I'm sure, you know, the the Pyeongchang track will be amazing as well. So, are you excited? Do you think that um, you have a good chance of qualifying for this and, and actually placing there? I mean, I think that if you are in it to the degree that I'm in it, you have to believe that you have a good chance. You're going of going because that's one of the things that keeps you motivated. In it, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of you know, just, just stress on your body to not think that you could do it, you know? So I wouldn't put myself through this. There's no, no room for error in your mind. Absolutely. No room for error. And there's no room for doubt either. So in order to do this to this level, you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. What's your plan from the moment you get up? What's your weekly plan, your daily plan, your monthly plan? What, how do you do this? So for me, one of the toughest things that I have to deal with is weight. Um, when I started in this sport, the weight had been the same for quite some time and then they decided the next season to drop it by 15 kilos for the women so they took five kilos out of the sled and then expected the athletes to drop 10 kilos and for a good portion of the field that wasn't difficult because the women are smaller but I'm just I'm a large female I was 205 pounds when I started the sport 
and now I'm a lean 170. Well, so. You're all muscle. Yeah. I'm looking at your bicep and your shoulder. Imagine yeah. when you jump in that sled, you have to have you have to have that shoulder muscle. Right. Yeah. Right? So for me, you know, my day is structured around the training I need to do in order to get faster, the technical work I need to do in order to be consistent, the recovery. <clears throat> excuse me, I need to do in order to prepare for the next day and then nutrition. I love eating. It's my favorite sport. I always tell people, <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it's a job just like every other part of my training. So a big focus for me every day in and day out is what I'm eating and what I have access to nutrition wise. What do you normally eat? What's your so I have diet. the same breakfast every morning. I have five uh, hard-boiled egg whites and then three pieces of cinnamon toast, <laughs> cinnamon raisin toast. Is um, that your treat? <laughs> yes, yeah. So the, the diet I was on before, I didn't eat any carbs, and it wasn't very productive for bobsled. So now that I get to eat carbs, I, I count my macros. So I get a certain number of a, certain certain grams of protein, carbs, and fat every day. And as long as I stay within that um that number for each one i can eat whatever i want which is great so what i usually do is when i get up i input into my app the things that i want to eat that day and then work around that to make so sure you, that i hit my number do you have to weigh yourself regularly to do that i'm a bit of a crazy person when it comes to weighing myself so i weigh myself every morning and then I weigh myself throughout the day. I just can't help it just to see, like, how much weight fluctuates. And it's amazing how much your weight really does fluctuate. But Is that you, water weight in addition? Because you're pretty weight, solid food, in terms of... it's everything. So if you're out there and you're trying to lose weight, one tip I'd give you is if you're going to weigh yourself, make sure it's at the same time every day because that's really the only way to be consistent about if you're losing or gaining. That's interesting. Yep. What's your 10% margin in all of this that you do that you allow yourself? What do you allow yourself as a little bit of... Um, slide one way or another in things anything from eating to how you how you train to whatever what do you what do you do that gives yourself a little bit or do you have any margin at all I I don't really because at the end of the day for me it's at the end of a four-year training cycle I want to be able to stand at the top of the track in 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 uh, South Korea and know that I've done everything humanly possible to reach my goal. And, and does your your other partner, your other half, do the same thing? Are you are you one outside of that sled? Do you do the same sort of thing? Um, so I have one roommate that I've been living with for the past two years. Her name is Jamie Grubel Poser. Um, and we slide a lot together, but I also slide with a couple other pilots. And we do, we spend a lot of time together. Um, we spend probably more time together than any two people should spend together because, you know, we live together, we eat together, we work together, and then like, because there's not a lot of people up there, a lot of our off time is together. So we definitely spend a lot of time together and we start finishing each other's sentences. You're, you're sort of like married, and they, they always say that married couples or people that sleep side by side next to each other, their brain waves begin to sink, and as you're around someone all the time, your brain wave will begin to sink with the other person. Yeah, and it gets like that with the men's team too, because we're, we're in very close quarters with the men as well. So we, we travel with, men and women's bobsled and men and women's skeleton so it's like we see every every part of each other's lives it's kind of like and jamie's actually married to a german bobsledder um but yeah we we all spend a lot of, a lot of time together what is the thing that you are looking to improve upon the most right now right now i just need to get faster um 
most of the people that are on the team were have a track and field background so technically they're more sound when it comes to sprinting and I just don't have those sprint mechanics so for me it's all about getting faster I'm strong and very powerful and I've really worked on my uh, technique as far as accelerating the sled so now it's just about having a higher top end speed what do you love about this the most I don't know I feel like it you know pushing a sled is like like golf like you get one really good hit every now and then and it just feels effortless and it's like chasing that high you know people are like oh it must be the ride is the high and I'm like yeah the ride's fun and I love it and it's not you know there's not a lot of adrenaline filled in the ride anymore unless it's race day because it's like every it's another day at the office for me but I chase the high of executing my my part perfectly that's, that's amazing that's what I chase that's amazing we'll be right back you're listening to making life brighter live in Lake Placid with Olympic athletes stay tuned we'll be back with more Lauren Gibbs right here Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter consciousness columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back live at Lake Placid at the Olympic Training Center. We're here with Lauren Gibbs, and she is a U.S. woman bobsledder. And do you call it a slider? What, what's the official? Bobsledder, yeah. Bob bobsledder, yeah. right? And she is gearing up to qualify for the Olympic team, and we expect to see her up there on a podium. And with this kind of dedication and focus, I, I can't imagine that won't happen. So what what is... The thing that you focus on the most in your goal setting right now for what's upcoming? 
What's the next step right now, and where are you focused toward? Um, the next step right now is to make the national team again. So the way the, because people always ask, so are you on the Olympic team? So the Olympic team is not picked until about the month before the Olympics. And with bobsled, it's a little different. We don't have Olympic trials. Basically, every season we have push championships, then we have team trials. And from team trials, they select the athletes that will be named to the national team and go on the World Cup tour. And then that tour consists of eight races. And at the end of those eight races, a selection committee comes together and decides the combination of athletes that will compete in world championships or uh, at the end of the quad, it would be the Olympics. So right now, uh, we just finished push championships. We were in Calgary, Canada. Today we had our combine testing and then Monday we get on ice. And then Saturday and Sunday of this following weekend, will be our first two team trial races and then once those are over we'll then fly to park city do two more team trial races and then the, the national team will be named november 4th and then the world cup season will kick off uh, mid-december that's so cool yeah now, now with it with that kind of goal in mind and knowing that every time you go down matters mm -hmm. everything matters how do you balance a personal life with this kind of dedication and focus how do you have fun along the way and do you incorporate things like do you all go to the movies and lighten up or is this all focus 100 percent all in right now you know we definitely do a lot of different things as a team and you know every sometimes on tour we'll get a few days off and get to explore but for me honestly i, I love what i do i wholeheartedly love every aspect of it you know some people really don't love the ride because it's a little rough and it's tough on your body but I don't know every time I go down it's an opportunity to get better and I thrive on that kind of opportunity because I'm always just looking to fine-tune something and be a little bit better than I was the, the last time or, or yesterday so for me bobsledding is fun I can't wait to get on ice and I'm not for the first time in my career I'm not sliding on day one which is weird so I'll be moving sleds around but that's really what what you know is fun for me is this is my life and I think I've always been that way and so my friends and family accept it and they're like when when we can see you we can see you and that's why I love social media so much and the snapchats and the instagrams and the facebook because it's the way it's a way of keeping in touch with everybody where can everybody find you on those so instagram is really easy instagram and twitter are easy it's just la gibbs 84 so L-A-G-I-B-B-S 84. And then uh, my Facebook is just Lauren Gibbs. Yep. That's fantastic. Now, when you get out of the sled and you discuss the run with your other slider, mm -hmm. the driver, how do you individually and then as a team go about correcting anything or improving upon something? So, I mean, the only part we we really discuss would be the hit at the beginning. So... The women's team, for the most part, spart, most part, excuse me, does what's called a connected start. So the brakeman will set up behind the sled, and then once we're set and ready, the pilot will get kind of on our left, sh our left shoulder, and then I'll say set, and they'll kind of, they'll put their left arm out, and once their left arm is out, that's their cue to us that they're ready, and then it's kind of our show from then. And they, what they have to do is match our body position so I start to fall forward and then the drive will, will charge at the bar so if you do it correctly then you hit the sled at the same time and the sled takes off 
you do it incorrectly, the pilot gets clotheslined by the bar because oh it's God. not moving. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's basically what we talk about. And then the pilots have driving coaches, and they'll go talk to the driving coach who filmed their run and talk about you know just little tweaks that they can make. Uh, throughout the track and you know sometimes they'll ask our opinion like you know how did that corner feel to you did it feel like it felt during practice or did it feel different right and so you're kind of comparing data do you ever go back and watch your videos and then see yourself or do you just get in it mentally and and know what you did and do it differently it depends you know if my push time was really bad I'm like what the heck did I do wrong? <laughs> um, but yeah I usually I'm one of the I'm one of the people who really likes a lot of information because for as much schooling and education I've had man sometimes I can be a real slow learner and it can take someone saying things the same thing 20 different ways for me to for it to connect so I really feed off of a lot of information and now then I'm in my third season, I found a way to kind of compartmentalize it because you can't be thinking a lot about a lot of information when you're performing. Yeah. You know, you when it's like put it in your nervous system yeah, and then dump it. When it's it. showtime, it's just time to go. Yeah. But like in practice, I really like to take in a lot of information and tweak a bunch of different things and try different things to see. So how do you anchor that into your nervous system? Because you, like I said, you have limited runs. It's not like you're doing the runs all day long down a hill. Right. So luckily here we have a push track that we can practice on it's not the same as pushing on ice in a bobsled but it's as close as it's going to get so you can take rep after rep after rep on the push track and then that really helps because you feel like you've really solidified and locked in your technique and then it should just be habit but by the time you're ready to go now i just have to tell you you know i came up here a couple summers ago and i did the uh bobsled on wheels <laughs> yeah i've never done that one i've done the i've done the one from halfway down on ice but i've never done the one on wheels well do you do you recommend i do that one halfway oh, down absolutely. on ice yeah it's hard for me because it's like when i got in i was kind of nervous one my pilot was behind me she she went with me and that's weird because she's always in front of me and they had us sitting up and you would never sit up in a two-man bobsled because you'd get your life rocked from the top and so i was kind of nervous but it's much slower than what I'm used to. Oh, yeah. So it felt kind of like a roller coaster to me. It was just kind of like clunking along. And I was like, hi. You know, as a brakeman, you don't see the track. My head's down the entire time. So I was like, ah, curve 10 looks like, you know, so it was kind of cool to see the track in a different way. You must have a lot of trust and faith in the people in front of you. You know, when two of the pilots that you slide with on a daily basis have Olympic medals and they've been doing it for 10 years, if you can't trust them, you can't trust anybody. That's a good lesson, isn't yeah. it? You know, when I got in that and I went down the hill, I recognized as we went over one of these curves or around one of these curves, I said, I am way too close to that cement right now. There is something <laughs> going on. And when we got down there, the guy took off his helmet, and he had been stung by a bee on the back of his neck the whole time down. And I'm thinking, oh, that would be why. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. He was courageous. Yeah. He, was, he was amazing. So what, what's a consequence of not listening to, I'll put it this way, your spirit. Because your spirit drives you toward perfection and your spirit is kind of like your motivating factor underneath all this as a way of saying it. What's a consequence of not listening to that? Do you ever see that happen? For myself? Yeah. Um, I get, I can get depressed really easily. Like I, I'm ADD, you know, hyperactive, and Highly productive. <laughs> sometimes. You know, I was watching one of my friends' Instagram videos, and he was talking about how he, he gets just obsessive about things. 
you know, and I have a very addictive personality and I've been very fortunate that it's always been in a positive way because once I get stuck on something, I can't, there's nothing I can do to let it go. Um, so this is kind of a perfect thing for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessive about bobsled and my coaches are like, they think I'm absolutely crazy because I am, I am absolutely crazy about bobsled and you know if when I was working in corporate America and I was just kind of showing up to work every day and like looking at my clock and like felt like it should have been five and it was really noon it's miserable I was overweight I was eating poorly I worked out but you know not with purpose and I was just kind of like going through the motions and I feel like life is too short to go through the motions you know at the end of the day when all things are said and done I just want to have a really really freaking cool story and I want to have I want to be able to say that I really lived and when I wanted to do something I, I wanted to do it and I did it and that you know I loved fiercely and had these great you know friendships and relationships and experiences and I got the most out of every day so that's incredible that's really incredible you take each day and value each day and that's something that uh, I've been speaking about on on this show for a while because Making Life Brighter is dedicated to people that either excel in their field Mm -hmm. or people that are doing something that makes the world brighter and so the idea behind that is focus and the idea is is discipline. What do you say about the art of discipline? I don't know because I don't, I mean... Because you're funneling the energy that you say is wayward all around you in terms of how you think, but you're putting it into something directly. I don't know if I'm more disciplined or obsessive, you know what I mean? (laughs) I feel like discipline means that you do things that you don't really want to do because you know it's going to get you to something that you want to do. And the nice thing about training for bobsled is that there's a lot of ways to get to the same end result. Right? It's kind of like a math problem. There's a lot of ways to solve one math problem. So I don't really do a ton of things that I don't want to do. Um, or I find a way to enjoy them. Because, like I said, this sport's too tough on your body and your, your mind and everything to do it if it's, it's hard. So I wouldn't necessarily call myself disciplined. I know you're probably looking at me like you're crazy. Of course you're disciplined. But, you know, I just am fortunate to have found something that my body is made for and that I I happen to be pretty okay at (laughs) and that I genuinely enjoy you know and that's that's and I and I think I I try and do it to the best of my ability because I know that not everybody's that lucky you know I was talking to my teammate the other day about people who have been at jobs for 30 years and I'm like I could never do that I could never be at a job for 30 years but I also understand that you know I've never been in the position where I worried about where my next meal was going to come from um, and how I was going to pay my bills because one, I, I grew up, you know, nurtured and privileged with a family that worked really freaking hard and valued education and valued hard work and showed me what it meant to work hard. And two, I've always been in sales and like sales, you always, you know, the only way to be successful is to create it for yourself. And so I've, you know, been groomed to do that. And so it sounds to me like you have learned the art of getting rid of distraction. Yeah. 
no, <laughs> no, no. I just, you know, I want what I want when I want it. So <laughs> I don't like the word no. <laughs> that's funny. That's in a way that's very American in right? the ideal, right? It's very American. It's, it's very, very millennial American. too. Yeah. So well, we'll be right back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and we're here live at the Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid, New York, speaking with the U.S. bobsled team. Woohoo! Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want to make a difference in the world? Join Making Life Brighter Radio to help create a free roam sanctuary for elephants in South America. Finally, there's a working solution for elephants on our planet. People often say they don't know what to do to help animals that are in danger. But now you can team up with Making Life Brighter Radio and your host, Winifred Adams, to give elephants from Brazil and Argentina the freedom to roam in a wild sanctuary in a remote area of Brazil. Free to socialize, heal, and live the life they were always meant to live. Your contribution will build the fences and the Elephant Care Center for the massive free roam sanctuary and set these sacred animals free. Donate today and mention you heard it on Making Life Brighter Radio. Listen to the amazing series live from Brazil where Winifred speaks to CEO and board president of the Global Sanctuary for Elephants. To donate and for more information, log on to globalelephants.org. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. We're, you're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. We're here in our special series with Olympic athletes, inside the mind of Olympic athletes, and what it takes to be great. And we're speaking with Lauren Gibbs, and she's originally from Los Angeles, but we caught up with her today here in Lake Placid, and she's had an amazing amount to share with us already today about what drives her, what she's doing to stay focused. And, you know, we were talking at break about fear, so I want you to express to people that you aren't fearless really and it's you against you to some degree every day yeah I mean I'm I think I'm I'm probably afraid every day and I probably cry at least once a week it's (laughs) probably a relief valve though yeah but I'm also very emotional I was in therapy at one point and my therapist says you feel things strongly so I'm really happy I'm happy sad I'm sad but you know um I think people look at us and think oh well of course you're gonna achieve your goal you work so hard but they don't see the hundreds and thousands of people that work equally as hard and don't get that the same opportunity or 
the chance or, or it just doesn't work out or they get injured or what what have it may be or you know they can't afford to be in this sport and so I think knowing how quickly things can be taken away from you um, it's scary and you know that I think the the better I get in this sport and the higher I rise the more terrified I am because the the goal and the dream becomes real and I don't care what anybody tells you reaching your reaching your goals are, it's it's scary you know because how do you overcome that what do you do to make that go away within you you put your head down and you put in time at the push track and you (laughs) put in time sprinting and you put in time lifting and you put in time working on recovery and doing all the little exercises that are really boring and tedious to build up good core strength to keep yourself from getting injured you you ask questions and you study and you you just put your head down and work harder like that's the only way I think someone described like the the secret to success is someone it's like a mix of fear and no what was it it's a mix of anxiety and drive Um, it's that anxiety that wakes me up in the morning and keeps me from falling asleep at night because if I'm not training I feel like I don't have control because there's so many things that you know, with my future that are out of my control. Um, I could be at my very best and get beat, and that's a scary thought. Mm-hmm. And so how do you recover from hard training? What is it you do for that? So recovery is a, is a big piece, and I think uh, not, a lot, uh, not enough people really understand the importance of a really good warm-up and really good recovery. So, you know, if I have a three hours worth of training, there's usually a good three hours of recovery. So it's it's ART and Graston and cupping and Normatec boots and massage. And like when, when I tell people I get a massage every week, I want them to come into my massage because I'm not falling asleep on the table. I'm usually writhing in pain because all of the things that we do to our body to get the sled moving quickly is not natural for a body to do. So everything tightens up and feels like crap. Um, so it's a lot of foam rolling. It's a lot of making sure you're hydrated, making sure you're eating right after training, even if you're not hungry, or making sure you eat right before you go to bed, or, you know. How do you hydrate? What's the best way for you to hydrate? Water. Just straight water? Water, and you know, of course electrolytes are important, but you know, a lot of those sports drinks have a lot of sugar in them, and sugar isn't gonna hydrate you, and people don't really realize how much water they need to drink. I think someone said it's like an ounce per pound, and I think that's a little excessive, but when you add in all the things that you do to your body that dehydrates it, like sweat or caffeine or soda or all that kind of stuff, you know, the water you drink while you're exercising doesn't count. It needs to be additional abs- in addition to that. Yeah, yeah the, the, I think the basic eight glasses a day or whatever is yeah. it, that's standard, but it depends on the person and what they're doing. Right? I mean, most people don't get eight glasses a day. Like yeah. I'm on my mom about it all the time. The woman <laughs> loves Diet Coke and I'm like, drink your water. You know, so it's kind of like with me, I eat my vegetables and drink my water first. <laughs> Does your family take example from you? Do they, they, do they look at you and say, wow, you know, and they've changed on account of your being dedicated? They do in sports. They definitely work out five, time, five days a week, which is great. But the, the thing that people don't realize is that body composition is 80% diet. And eating is fun, and eating healthy isn't always fun. And it can be. But people don't like to do things in moderation, me included. Like, I always say I'm racing my appetite because I just want to keep eating. <laughs> but I know that I have to slow down so I feel full. What's your favorite food? Uh, sandwiches. What but kind? see, when you talk about sandwiches, there's different degrees. Because there's a sandwich, <laughs> and then there's like a, a cheeseburger, which is basically like a sandwich on steroids. And then like... 
pizza is like an open face sandwich, you know. So uh, they're all funny. varieties of sandwiches. Do you eat meat? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't do what I did without. Does any is anyone a vegetarian? Yes. Oh, yeah, we have a couple. Well, I have a skeleton athlete who's a vegetarian. Is is that doable? Is it easy? Can they she's, do it? She's a good slider. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. So it depends on the person, yeah. really, and yeah. and what they can handle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. The question that everyone probably asks you, but one I seriously am very interested in, is what music are you motivated to? Anything I can sing along to in the shower. So, like, some people listen to, like, really loud, aggressive music. I've learned that if I'm too amped up, then I'm going to forget everything that I'm supposed to do and, like, black out and just, like, screw everything up. So I usually listen to some pretty tame music. So there's, like, some Ed Sheeran and... Um, I was listening to him on the way here. Right? Yeah. yeah. So anything I can sing along to, because I really like singing. I don't really like singing in public, but <laughs> I, I think I've got an okay voice. And so anything I can, like, really get into. I love that James Bay song, Let It Go. Love that one. Shout out to James Bay. Cool. Um, so, yeah, anything like that that kind of calms me down and just makes me feel happy. So I have a question I ask everybody. What makes your life brighter? Uh, man, my family. I'd say I have the best, most supportive family in the world, and uh, they're smart, hardworking, beautiful people that support me in everything that I do. It makes a difference to have support. It makes doesn't a huge it? difference. Like I sent my mom, I had a photo shoot for Pepperdine, and I sent my mom a picture of me and her, and she was like, she was like in tears, and I'm like, you know, for someone to get that excited about a picture with you is pretty, pretty cool. So. Well, it sounds to me like you can feel the love. Yeah, absolutely. And and you get to share that back right and of all the things that you do besides actually bobsledding and training for it are there other things that you're passionate about yeah I'm really passionate about real estate and business you know I have a business degree I love money in the sense of like just how it makes the world work um, so I really like saving money I, I really want to get into real estate investment I love public speaking because you know, there was a time in my life when things were not going the way I wanted them to go. And I graduated from college and I had my parents spent all this money on my education and I couldn't find a job. We were in the middle of a recession and I just thought, I completely screwed this life up and like I should just shouldn't be here anymore. Like I was like, there's just no point. I just, I want to do over or I just, I, I give up. You know, because in my entire life I'd been told I was supposed to be extraordinary and awesome and special, but I, there, there's no roadmap to get there. And you, you don't understand that there's different measurements of what, what it means to be extraordinary. Um, so if you're not extraordinary in the traditional sense, you feel, I felt at least, like a failure. And so if I can, you know, do some really awesome, cool things and and be great in a few different things and then tell my story and and maybe that story helps somebody who's having a tough time and doesn't feel like they can do it or feels like they've screwed it up or they feel like a failure they can look at me and say hey if if she can have anxiety and if she can you know have to go to therapy and if she can she has to work on herself and her you know everything that she does then I can do it too so that's amazing thank you so much for being with us today really Lauren Gibbs everybody she is in contention for 
becoming a, a member of the U.S. Women's Bobsled Team. So follow along on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, the whole bit. And thank you so much for coming and sharing your excellence with us today and being vulnerable to this whole process with us. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you next week live from Lake Placid. for listening to making life brighter on the health and wellness channel be sure to join us every thursday at 10 a.m for information inspiration and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness for more information and a complete show schedule please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com making life brighter successfully helping you feel better from the inside out go jolly Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.